<laughs> Hallelujah. I get a clue. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good. Excuse me? All the time. Yes, he is. Anybody have a good day? Anybody have a good day? Hallelujah. I had a good day. <laughs> Amen. In the spirit, if not in the natural. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. And the closer Brother Justin got the time to get here, the more excited I got. And by the time I was in the car, almost halfway here, I was just about beside myself. <laughs> I was like, and when I realized I wasn't going to be late, that just kicked it up into another whole gear. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make it in time for prayer. <laughs> woo Because I thought I was running late for some reason. I had it in my brain. It was 6 instead of 6.30. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. I'm excited. It's just been churning, Sister Deborah. It's like the fog has started to clear and it's making sense. Can't hardly wait to hear what God's going to say to us tonight. Can't wait to get that word. And then tonight, today, while I was working, Brother Justin, I, I'm, a, I'm a spreadsheet person. I, at work, I use spreadsheets. Excel's my friend. <laughs> and God spoke to me about a way I could start doing my Bible study notes so that I can really have them organized <laughs> and they'll make sense to me. And I was like so excited. I wanted to just quit work and start working on my Bible study notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm really excited about that. Can't wait to start working on that. And it's given me a new hunger, a new hunger to really get into my word and my notes and Work on all of that, Sister Pat. I'm just, Aunt Pat, I'm so excited about that. Hallelujah. So excited about that. So excited about the Word. It's life. It's power. And I think people take that for granted. I don't think they understand the depth of that. When we say the Word is life, I don't think they understand the depth of that. What that really means. The word is life. Somehow I think there's this conception of it being life. It happens. That's not what I mean. I mean it's life. It's breath. It's the air that I breathe. It's the heartbeat. Hallelujah. It's what gets the blood flowing through my spirit. It's what causes me to get up. It's what causes me to lay down. It's what causes, hallelujah, the organs to receive nutrition. It's what causes me to continue to exist. It is life. Hallelujah. Life. The Word. It's life. And it's power. <laughs> it's power. Devil, get out of my face. Get back in your place. Hallelujah. Where God positioned you 2,000 years ago. He never gave you permission to leave that place. And I certainly will not give you permission. Hallelujah. That is your place. You get there and you stay there. It's power. Hallelujah. How did we go so many years, Sister Lisa, and just not realize or understand that or... Or live that. I don't know. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. <laughs> Y'all gonna get some good eats tonight, Brother Keeney. 
Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. How did we go so long, Sister Portia, and not activate that in our lives? Not have the revelation of that? I don't know, but I sure am glad I got it for this part. For the end shall be greater than the beginning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. I am so excited that I don't have to to go through this portion of my life less informed and <laughs> enlightened than I was in the earlier part of my life. I'm so excited that God loved me to the point that He wanted me to have something that I could sink my teeth into. Something that I could grab hold of, a hook <laughs> that would get in my jaw, hallelujah, and grab hold of me and hold on to me. So I could get something that would do something for me, Sister Portia, that would change me. And I don't care what people who know me say, think, or otherwise, God has changed me this week. I may not be what I'm supposed to be eventually. I might not be the finished product, but I am a lot better than the product I was two weeks ago. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. Because you know what? I don't know how many of you have ever had a bucket of water sitting outside your house, maybe through the summer months, and it would just sit there. And you never did anything with it, and it would just sit there. And you would walk by it once or twice a week or something, and then the next couple of weeks you'd walk by it again, and you'd notice it start to have a film on top of it, and, and it would have a little bit of odor to it, hallelujah. And a, and a week or two later you'd walk by it again, and it would really begin to stink and be putrid smelling, and you would notice that the bugs were skimming all around the top of it, and then it would begin to breed mosquitoes and larvae and all of that stuff. Well, water that's not moving, becomes putrid and it stinks and it breeds bugs hallelujah I don't want to become so still that I'm putrid and I'm breeding bugs hallelujah I want to be moving for God I want to have life in me glory to God I want to know brother Justin that I'm going somewhere with God hallelujah not sitting still somewhere like a bucket of water doing nothing but breeding bugs amen are you breeding some bugs? Hallelujah. It's time to get moving for God. And if you can't do nothing else, you get on your face and you ask God, what about me? Hallelujah. What is wrong with me? What do I need to do? What do, where do I need to go? What word do I need to listen to? Give me direction. Give me guidance. Show me something. Tell me something. God, I gotta have more. I gotta have different. I gotta have better. Gotta have fuller. Gotta have deeper. God, show me something. I promise you, He will answer you. He will answer you. How many times, Sister Lisa, I didn't even know what I needed. I just knew I didn't have whatever it was. Amen. Just didn't have whatever it was, Sister Portia. But he never failed. Never failed to show up with an answer. And sometimes you just got to take it by faith. You can't be like the man sitting on the rooftop with the flood. Hallelujah. And, and, and the rowboat came by and he says, No, I'm waiting for God to deliver me. Hallelujah. 
and the waters kept rising and the waters kept rising. So we moved up the chimney a little bit and then here comes the big ship and he's like, no, I'm, I'm waiting for God to deliver me. So the waters kept rising, the waters kept rising, the waters kept rising. So he's on top of the chimney. The helicopter comes. No, I'm waiting for God to deliver me. So he dies. Hallelujah. In the flood. And he gets to heaven. He's like, God, you didn't deliver me. He says, man, I sent your rowboat, sent your ship, sent your helicopter. What more did you want? Hallelujah. You got to listen. You got to be looking for the answer. You got to be ready to receive it when it comes. Sometimes you just got to grab it by faith. Hallelujah. Say, thank God. And I can tell you right, wrong, or indifferent, there have been times, Brother Kenny, I didn't know. But I said, God, whether this is you or not, I'm not sure. But I'm just taking it by faith because it's the only thing I've got here to grab hold of. You help me, God. And if I'm wrong, you redirect me. But if I'm right, you help me, God, to grab hold of it with everything I've got. And I can't think of a time when it wasn't right. It was the only answer I had. And God worked it that way. Because sometimes I ain't so bright you understand. And if it ain't the only thing I've got, invariably I'll grab the wrong thing. Hallelujah. Don't give me too many choices. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a type personality bonkers on you. Hallelujah. <laughs> trying to figure out which one's the right one because I can't mess up. I can't make a mistake. Make it perfect. Hallelujah. <laughs> My sister understands. My God understands. My God understands. He knows me, for He created me. When I was yet in my mother's womb, He knew me and understood me. And I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Whether I understand it or not is irrelevant. Doesn't even figure into the equation, bless God. All I got to do is trust it and believe it. He'll take care of all the rest of it. He really will. Brother Kenny, I want you to know, on my computer, on my desk, I work at every day. Every day. I don't remember what message it was you preached. I wasn't even there that night. It was a DVD that I got from Word of Faith. But in it, you said something to the effect of, Lord, position me in the place. I can't even remember exactly how it reads. But I printed it out. And it's on my computer. And all these months, I've been looking at that and saying, Lord, please position me. Just position me where you want me, that place you have for me. And I believe with all my heart, Sister Lisa, that is the beginning place of how these changes have come about in my life. Because God began to position me a piece at a time, like a puzzle. And I'm thankful. <laughs> I am so thankful. I'm glad I'm here tonight. I'm thankful for this word. I am so excited I'm about to explode on the inside because of what he's doing in me, how he's changing me. I'm excited. I can't wait for the next step. Can't wait for the next revelation of word. Can't wait for the next piece to fall into place. Can't wait, Sister uh, Portia, for the next kitchen experience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait for the next opportunity to just be an open, willing vessel for God. However he wants to do it. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I just want to be his vessel. Yielded, submitted. 
so that he can accomplish what he desires to accomplish in his kingdom for his people, for this body, for this army that he's creating and pulling together for his purposes in this hour, in this day. I just be that part that he wants me to be, Sister Christina. I can't be your part. It won't work. I have spent most of my life trying to be the part that everybody else was trying to be because I would look and see them being whatever part they were playing and think, oh, that's awesome, that's wonderful, and it is. But not for me. Not if that's not what God has me to be. It won't work. It doesn't work. It will frustrate you, depress you, give you anxiety, Give you an inferiority complex. (laughs) Make you walk in an identity complex. Hallelujah. Drive your A-type personality insane. It will do all sorts of things for you. But it will not give you peace and joy in God. If it's not where you're supposed to be. Spent a lot of years there. A lot of years there. Trying to figure it all out. and Didn't have a clue. Not a clue. Hallelujah. Only thing I really knew was I loved Jesus. And he loved me. And I just wanted to serve him. Didn't realize I was going about it in a totally opposite way than than really that I needed to. But he's gracious and merciful and kind and generous and loving. And he just redirected me. Hallelujah. He redirected me. Why? Because he loves me. Because he chose me. Because he had a specific calling for me. Something that nobody but me can fulfill. Now, he can, he can choose another vessel if I decide to walk away. If I tell him, no, I'm not going to. If I decide to be rebellious and unholy. Because he doesn't have to have me. He's God. But if I'm willing, if I'm trying, if I'm faithful, hallelujah, then it's for me to do. And I am. Are you... Are you tonight? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. And let's just, let's just open with a word of prayer. I'm just so in love with Jesus. So thankful that I get to be a part, Sister Lisa, all those times. We had these, these types of meetings, maybe not like this specifically, but the week-long meetings in Fort Payne. And I guess in my heart and ways I was jealous. I couldn't be there. And I didn't understand why people could live so close and not be there. I wanted to be there so bad, but I had work and I lived way over here and I just, or I had financial issues and I couldn't go that far or whatever my circumstances would be at that time. And I couldn't get there, Brother Justin. I wanted to be there so bad. This time is my time. (laughs) And I'm sorry for the people that can't be here, but I'm so excited that I get to be here this time. And I get to be a part, Sister Portia, every night God's poured it out on me. Every night, Brother Kenny, I've took home something. And even when I get home, He's poured out on me. During the day, through the night, hallelujah, He's poured out on me. And I'm thankful for that because He's mindful of me. And He's mindful of each of you. He's no respecter of persons. None whatsoever. What He'll do for one, He'll do for another. He knows what you need. He knows what you need, and he's got it. Amen? He's got exactly what you need. What I need won't fit for you. You've got to have what you need. And he's got that for you tonight. Father, we do thank you and praise you tonight, Lord. Oh, we just honor you tonight. God, you're so merciful and gracious. You're mindful of your children, Lord. 
You're a great, big, huge God. Hallelujah. Who created a great, big, huge universe. And yet you know each one by name. Our very uh, hairs on our head are numbered. We are each one fearfully and wonderfully made. And you knew us when we were yet in our mother's womb. You chose us and you called us by name. With a specific purpose and a specific calling that we could fulfill in your kingdom. For your glory and your purpose and your honor God. And we thank you tonight that your mind of this little congregation right here in LJ, Georgia with a shepherd God who has given his all for 43 plus years, God, to serve you, to learn and to grow and to understand the revelations and to grab hold of this relationship with you and to walk in it, God, so that he could lead a people. God, help us to not open our understanding, God, Open our understanding, God, to this word. Help us to receive it on good ground, God. That it would be uh, fertilized, God, and grow into good fruit, God. That the enemy could not steal it from us, Lord. Oh, my God. That we would nurture it, God. That we would nurture it and care for it, God. Like a master gardener, God. That we would protect it and water it and grow it, God. Careful of it, God. Careful of it. Respectful and mindful, God. And not cast it away, God. As a casual thing. But know the importance of it, God. Help us to rightfully apply it in our lives, God. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for this awesome gift you're giving us. We thank you for our pastor, God, and his commitment and dedication. We thank you that even this moment as he sits in the office, that you just fill his physical body with such a strength, God, such a supernatural strength, Lord, to fulfill this call that you have on him tonight, God. That his physical body will cooperate with what you want his spirit to do for you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for Sister Lisa's sacrifice, God. That she supports him 100%, God. But beyond and above that, God, she gives herself to you 100%. And she walks in obedience to that call. And we thank you for that. And that you've shared her with us also. Bless her and meet her needs, God, I pray. Meet her family's needs. We thank you that you bring their children in. God, we thank you that you bring their grandchildren in. We thank you that you've healed her daddy, God. We thank you, Lord, that you've moved in their family while they're working for hours. God, we thank you for that. We praise you for that. We give you glory and honor for that, God. Lord, bless this service. Move in it, God. Let each one, God, be submitted to you. Draw our hearts and our minds together in a unity of faith that cannot be broken, God. And let us be centered on your will tonight, God. And we do give you praise and honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus and the church said. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Do you love him tonight?
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know where to go from here. Just got to hear the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel such a worship. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We glorify you, God. <laughs> oh, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. <laughs> oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Each one, God, and his name. Hallelujah. Oh, I challenge you, church. Humble yourselves before him tonight. Submit yourselves. Oh, don't allow your mind to be drawn away and distracted tonight. It's important. Oh, I feel such a soberness taking over. I'm telling you by the Spirit. Do not allow yourself to be distracted when this word starts coming forth tonight. Because the enemy wants to use it against you, not for you. I don't have a clue. What pastor's ministering on? There's nothing that I know. Except by the Spirit right this moment. Submit yourself to God for this word tonight. Listen with a heart for God and do not allow yourself to be distracted. Do not allow negative thoughts right now by the Spirit of God. You bring every thought into the obedience of Christ 
right now in the name of Jesus. Every thought, every thought, every thought, every thought. Yay! Every thought. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. And you listen with respect for the word of God. For some tonight, there's a very thin path. A very thin path. And if you're not very careful, you'll be pulled over the edge into deceit. Don't let that happen. If you don't understand it, don't discount it and don't argue with it. But take it to God in prayer and wait for Him to reveal it to you. Please. And He's warning you ahead of time so that you can be aware. That's what it's about. The deceit will try to come. Don't let it. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. Guard our minds and our hearts and our spirits, God. Hallelujah. And we do give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to get ready. I know Brother Metter is going to be coming out, but I feel the, I know I say this a lot, but the working of the Spirit of God. And it concerns me sometimes when I know that it's just a few of us here, but you know, when the Spirit of the Lord speaks, it's not always directed just right here. It goes out into the Spirit. And it's spoken. And there's forces and powers and things that we may know nothing about, but God does. And when a word is spoken by the Spirit of God, it's weighty and powerful. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, when it speaks, it's weighty and powerful. And it just the heaviness that Sister Kathy spoke of that I so felt in the prayer tonight, it concerns me. I know it. Now, that's just my natural part that hadn't matured yet in the spirit. There's a, still, we have that natural side of us that it's not that you take away from what the Spirit of God is doing, but yet your natural man may get a bit uncomfortable. Not that you don't want to obey God and go on and speak what God has, but you, you know, like, Lord, there's not but, you know, so many here. But I'm telling you, I know by the Spirit of God tonight, I know, I don't know why God has chosen this congregation right here, right now, but I do know there's a lot of folks watching, so... Who knows, whatever, I don't know, but I know 
my God, I feel the heaviness of the Spirit of God. And I don't know why, and I can't explain it, and I don't have to, but I'm going to be His vessel tonight. Hallelujah, and I'm going to be His vessel tonight, and I feel Him speaking. And He's been speaking, and He's been speaking to me in prayer, and I was hesitating, and that was why I had Sister Kathy go ahead and start. And I know when that Spirit gets on me, and it concerns no, oh, it's hard sometimes, but I know. And where there's a good thing, where there's a good with God birthing this kingdom and, and what he's birthing and coming forth, unfortunately, there's a negative side because there's naysayers and those that would fight. And I'm telling you, there's a caution. Oh, I felt it in the Spirit of God. I felt it tonight of a warning. And please, my God, encourage people to just not speak. You know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just leave things alone. I've heard so much through the years that I don't understand, and I just leave it. And God will either clarify it and give me understanding, or He will and say it was truth, or He'll clarify it and give me understanding and say that was error. It's all okay. It's all okay, but I'm telling you, I know. We're at a birthing point. I don't understand a lot of things. I can only know. I dreamed this morning about a baby. I had a baby. And he was hungry. And I was laughing. I was telling in the dream. I was telling Sister Kathy. I was laughing. I said, I can't feed that baby enough. And it was a little boy and he was all wrapped up. And, but I didn't feel like I'd had a baby. And I know what that, so I was myself. But I had that and I was just so tickled. I said, I just, I can't feed that baby enough. You know, and I don't understand. God didn't, you know, pastor gave me an idea of what, what he felt that was. You know, but sometimes dreams can have multiple meanings. And we're at a birthing. It is incumbent upon us, maybe, just maybe, we're the only ten people, just maybe. There was only 120 in the upper room. Come on. Maybe we're just the only ten. Maybe God's entrusted us. Oh, my God, have you ever considered that? Have you ever considered that? Why is that so far-fetched? Oh, y'all just overlook my... I can't contain what the Spirit of God is, is doing and consuming me at this moment. But is it ever considered? Have you ever considered that there's just a handful here and there and everywhere? He said he had a remnant. He said he had a remnant. That's what he said. Oh, my God. But it ever... Con- Can it ever occur to you that maybe, maybe you're the vessel, maybe you're the one, and maybe he's placed a responsibility upon you to birth something. When you marry a man and you conceive his child, he's entrusting you. He's entrusting you to take care of yourself and birth his namesake. That's what he's entrusting you with, and the Spirit of God has entrusted us. He's entrusted us. He's entrusted us to birth this thing. He's entrusted us. My God, I just, it's such a reality. Don't take it lightly that God set this at your back door for you to birth. People over overlooked, misjudged, underestimated, but God's got a seed in you to be birthed. It's to be birthed and brought forth in His kingdom. I began to see the lineage of Jesus. And all the so-called failures, if you want to call it that, in his lineage. Oh, he could have just chosen God's God. He could have chosen every righteous person. But he didn't. There's Rahab in there. 
Tamar's in there. David, the very lineage that he chose. Mm. And I began to see, oh, Father, (laughs) I wish I could speak like Sister Kathy. I wish I had the volume of words and the ability to express. But I don't, so I'm going to work my way through it and let him give me the utterance. But I began to see. The most imperfect. Oh, the one who doesn't measure up, the one who's messed up. Oh, yes, yes, there are those that are righteous and have lived their life. But in that comes pride and spiritual pride. Pharisees who fast. What did they say? Fast three times in the week. Pay tithe of all they own. Right? Oh, they're Pauls. The Sauls before they were Pauls. The righteous, the self-righteous. Oh, my yes, I don't understand. I'm telling you, I don't understand all. But yet I could have felt the need to, I couldn't just sit there and hold it in. I couldn't do it. But those that have been judged and misjudged, underestimated, overlooked, my God, those are the very ones he's preparing, and it's going to be like that. Sister Deborah, like that. It's the past is over and you are endued. I'm telling you, like that. I can't explain it, Sister Portia. I just know what I began to see. I don't necessarily, I'm not talking about uh, coming into uh, necessarily the fullness of of, of Christ. I'm not necessarily talking about that, but I'm talking about stepping into a place in His kingdom where the, it's a new day. The past is the past. And I'm not talking about repentance of sins. I'm talking about a place in God where there's no turning back. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Melissa. God doesn't count you out. God counted you in. You've got to understand that God counted you in. Don't try to figure it out. You don't have to. Just go with it. God counted you in, Sister Portia. God counted you in. There's a whole church world out there that thinks they've got it, and I'm not slamming. I'm really not. I'm not. But Jesus hated the Pharisees. Maybe that's the wrong word. But, you know, I don't know that I have the right words, but I tell you the Pharisees didn't please him. I don't want to speak inappropriately. I know enough so that he, the money changers, he ran them out of the temple and flipped over some tables. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. I believe they made him angry. Because they really were hurting God's people. Mm. But he has a remnant. And it's incumbent upon us to birth whatever he's trying to do right now. I don't pretend to have understanding. I submit Without knowing, I trust Him. 
And I trust, I do trust the Spirit of God within me. And I submit to that in my life. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know. I know in the upper room they didn't know what day it was going to come and they didn't know it was going to look like. I feel like there could have been, maybe uh, maybe there was 350 to start with. Who knows? But you know, they kind of like petered out. So as time went on, eh, you know, God's not really, eh, that wasn't really what he said. Or there's really nothing going to happen. That was just talk. Whatever. I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, God didn't reveal it to me. But I know flesh. And I know how hard it is to get dead. Sister Kathy said, talking about myself, to dedicate 100%. No, I don't. That was gracious of you to say that, but there by no means 100% of me is not dedicated to God. It is not. And I'm disgusted that His Spirit is taking care of that. So I don't live in the mully grubs over there. I get aggravated because I'm really ready for it to happen, but I don't live in the mully grubs. It takes His Spirit to do it. It takes His Spirit telling you God's laying a groundwork for what Brother Matter's going to preach tonight. I, I kept feeling all week, Thursday night, something was going to happen. I, kept, I said it last night, there's something. There is something happening in the Spirit tonight. There's something happening in the Spirit tonight. Hallelujah, there's an outpouring and a baptism. There's something happening. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm telling you, there's a transformation. There's a whole lot goes inside that cocoon that we never see. But when he comes out, he's a butterfly. But there's a whole lot going on in there. We never see the wings form. We never see the whatever all goes on in there. We don't see it. But we see it when he flies out. We're fixing to fly out. And I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about fly out in the kingdom. I was using the, the butterfly parallel. I'm telling you, there is a visitation in what I saw. The power of God coming so heavy. The power of God coming so heavy that there will not be an opposition because the Spirit of God will shut. Even a mouth or a spirit that would try, the Spirit of God, there dare not be a voice to speak against. There, it is coming. There will be those coming to the house of God to oppose. It will come. But God, we don't have to worry about it. There's going to be that time, yes, of persecution. But I, what I, that's not what God showed me tonight. What God showed me, it was, I saw big white if you angel wings or whatever, if, if you want to call it that. <laughs> and they like come down and just like, like a camp snuffing out a candle or something, you know, coming down and subduing a spirit. You will not buck the spirit of God. You might go out of here in rebellion and live your life in rebellion, but you will not come into the house of God and manifest. Rebellion is a spirit of witchcraft, and you will, no, you will not bring that into a holy house of God. God is establishing tabernacles and houses of God. And it will not oppose, I'm telling you. People will sit mute, and they won't know why. They may go on out of here and live, but I'm telling you, God is going to raise up a standard first in His house. People have come into the house of God carnally minded, worldly minded. Thoughts on everything, and it's an offense to the Spirit of God, and they've opposed the Word of God. They've opposed the Word of God in their spirits and in their own selves. I wish the preacher would hurry up. I didn't want to hear that today. That's boring. I don't understand that. 
Whatever it could be, it's displeasing, I'm telling you. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. This is not foolishness. This is for real. And I saw that. I saw those big, I guess I would call them angel wings. I don't know. But I saw them like just whoosh on a spirit, on a person. I didn't see who a person, but on an individual who would manifest a spirit. God's fighting for us. But we gotta we gotta we gotta get we gotta birth this thing. I don't even know what that means exactly. Other than that's what he's it's incumbent upon us. He's entrusted us. He's entrusted us with that. And the last thing I'll say before Brother Metter comes, unless the Lord leads me in another direction. Oh man. No, oh God. Man's had way too much. This is oh God. Oh, God. We all do strive to live a life for Christ. And of Christ, we do strive to live an upright, I believe that, and keeping our lives clean. I definitely believe that. But we all make mistakes. And we've all got failures in here. And there's not a one of us that wants it shouted from the rooftop. I don't. I've done some things. I've done some things in secret in my heart that I don't want shouted from the rooftop. So just because whatever you did isn't broadcast in front of the church or in the paper or for all the world to see, let me tell you, God Almighty knows about it. He knows about it. And there's not a one of us in the body of Christ that can throw, dare throw the first stone at another not one. Jesus said it. He who's without sin among you, let him throw the first, cast the first stone. I'm telling you, this is so serious. And the Bible speaks about restoring a brother in a spirit of meekness. I don't walk too many things, and I've walked too many things with too many people. And I've seen God bring them through. And I've seen God restore lives. That had that thing that they had, that had that where they got and caught in a snare. Had it been exposed, oh the church! Isn't that the shame that the church just rallies around and does just a little happy dance? Woo! Did you hear? Did you hear such and such? You need pray for him. But I just want to tell you what happened. That's a lie. That's a deceiving spirit, and people embrace it. I just want you to pray. I heard this about Sister Kathy, but I just want you to pray for. Her. I'm not talking about her. Yeah, you are. Love covers sin. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Oh, my God. I'm going to hurry up and let Pastor come on. But these things are happening, and it's wrong. Because I'm going to tell you what. It'll be you next, and if you don't, God will get, if, it, if it's not you, he'll get that dearest thing to you. Maybe your child or your grandchild. I'm telling you, we need to walk softly. We need to walk softly. There's a godly way to walk out every situation. So what are you going to do in a jail ministry? Let me just say this. I hear lots of folks bragging on their jail ministry. Woo, I go to the jails and I preach to all these. I hear it. God's taking care of this, my ministry stuff. But let me ask you, when they, bond, when they serve their time, and they show up in your church, and he's a rapist, 
What you going to do? Where? Did the love of God stop in that jail? Telling you this thing is for real. We got to be Jesus. We got to live like Christ. He's still a thief in this world. Repentance and it's under the blood. That's what it's supposed to be. We've missed it. We've become Pharisees and we've not let grace and humility work in our own hearts. But those are the people I saw. Those are the ones I saw God choosing. We got some elders and leaders that have kept their lives clean. There is that. There is great honor and respect in that. But I tell you, there's a whole lot of folks that God's picking up right out of the gutter. Oh, what? Because they got on dirty clothes naturally. You know, they don't look fitting for church. You're going to make them sit in the back and bring the one that's supposedly well-dressed that's got the right hair and makeup and clothes. Going to bring them up front. Come on, this thing's getting real. This thing is getting real. It's getting real. I want to be like Jesus. He ate with the publicans and the sinners. He was not impacted by them. He was not made unclean by them. They were made clean by him. Everybody talks about the highways and the hedges. That's a joke. They're liars. You don't believe it because you won't take them in because they might be a rapist. I'm telling you, this thing is... Do you think I would be thrilled in my natural man? No, but I trust that the Christ in me would embrace. He died for everybody. 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 Not just us good saints sitting on the church pew. My God, this thing's getting real. So that's part of what I saw. And I may not have it exactly right, and I believe you might can help me, or somebody that knows the word better than me. But didn't Gideon's 300, weren't they all the, the ones that, if it was a Gideon, that lapped like a dog, or I mean, did it like this? Weren't they ended up, when it ended up, weren't they all like the scoundrels, like the, the ones who's, uh, is that right, hon, John, Pastor? Yeah, they did it like this. Didn't they, weren't they though, when it turned out, weren't they the ones that uh, had the worst reputation, so to say? We'll look it up. I know there's somebody anywhere, I pardon me for not being able to get that exactly right, but that's who God's, he's not afraid of that. God's not afraid of that. God's not afraid of that. And then there's just the little sins, if we want to call them that. Our personal failings. And His grace is so sufficient for that. His grace is so sufficient. Amen. I tell you, I love Him and I feel, I know He's working here tonight and I just want to encourage us to keep reaching. I'm telling you, it scares me when the Spirit of God gets on me like that. It scares me because it's overpowering and I don't always know how to handle it. Getting there, learning with His grace. So let's continue tonight and Heed the words that the Lord is, is talking to us about. And let's don't, let's none of us, you know, I went to extremes when I talked about criminals and such. But really, you know, it comes to us personally. You know, that we just don't measure up, Sister Christina, to our own. We don't. Nobody's harder on ourselves 
than us most times. When we all go home, we face ourselves, you know, and we critique ourselves, but Jesus in his grace. So in all my imperfections and all the times I've missed God and all the times I didn't get it right, ain't that great? Isn't that great? All the times. He was right there, Brother Justin. He was right there. No flesh will glory in his presence. Right there with open arms. No flesh will glory in his presence. Do you, I'm going to say this, I really am, but Brother Pastor's looking up a scripture. I'm fixing to turn it to him. But do you know that sometimes God lets you fall so hard so that when he brings you up, you got nothing but him and you know it. He did it to me. And I'm no different than anybody else. I have failed him miserably. I made a mess of my life. But he picked me up. And I know, Brother Kenny, I know. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's not me. It's him and his grace. And that's it. So when he lets you fall hard, just fall on that rock and break. Then let him pick up those pieces and build you back up. And then no flesh will glory in his presence. If he feels a little flesh coming, he's going to ding it right out. Keep submitted to him and let him work by his spirit. I know I trust that y'all are, are ready to receive. If y'all want to go ahead and stand, Brother Metter's going to bring us the word. And let's just keep reaching. I just still feel that presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You appreciate the Lord tonight. Let's go to prayer and let's ask God to. Give us understanding. You know, that's what we need. We need the Lord to open the eyes of our understanding. That's what it says in, in Ephesians. That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened in the knowledge of Him. We need knowledge of Him. We don't need to know about Him. We need to come to the place we can know Him. Amen? We need to know Him. Hallelujah. That's what Paul said in Philippians. I want to know Him. The power of His resurrection. But to know Him in that takes the fellowship of His sufferings. He says, because if you don't suffer with me, you ain't going to reign with me. And there's a lot of people who don't want to suffer with Christ. I want to suffer with Him. Because I'm going to tell you, ain't nothing in this world worth going back to. I wouldn't even know how to function out in the world. I'm going on 44 years of serving God and preaching the gospel. Says Christina, I wouldn't know how to live out there. I would. I'd be lost out there in the world. I'd be lost. I've been serving God as long as some of y'all are old. And that's amazing. But it's brought me to a place I don't care what's out there. There ain't nothing out there. When I left it behind... Nearly 44 years ago, ain't nothing out there changed. Just got worse, more evil, more ungodly. That's why I want to know Him. You look that word up, no, in the original Greek, and it talks about being intimate. God's looking for somebody to be intimate with Him. Amen. Will you go to prayer with me? And let's ask God to enlighten our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, Enlighten our hearts, Lord. Let the eyes of our understanding be opened, be enlightened. Lord, you said in your word that if...
a man's eye is single. God, how great is that light. Lord, but you said if it's not, then how great is the darkness. Lord, so many people, that word darkness there means spiritual ignorance. So many people are walking in spiritual ignorance and they're walking in self-righteousness. Lord, help us to see that we're nothing without you. That we can do nothing without you. But we can do all things through the Christ which strengthens us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Just give the Lord a good praise as you go ahead and sit down. Hallelujah. I'm encouraged by what God's doing. And I'm excited. You know, while she was exhorting there, the Lord dropped that scripture in my heart. And Jesus told him, He said, there's coming a time. He said, the harlots and the publicans will go into the kingdom of God before people that claim to be the children of God. Is that not what the Word says? Because I'm going to tell you something, there are people out there in the world, they see their need of God. There are people who think they got everything and know everything about God there is to know. They don't see their need of God. I've got to have God. I've got to have the reality of God. If this is all religion, you can have it. And I guess I've, you know, over the years, the Lord's taught me a lot, but I've looked at some of the people that claim to serve God and minister over the years. And I've actually told God, Sister Kathy, I said, if that's the best you got, I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't. And that's why when the Lord saved me and called me to preach, I said, make me different. Make me different. I don't want to be like, you put a uh, you put 100 preachers in a sack and shake them up, you're going to shake out the other 99. I told God, don't make me like that. You ain't going to make me different. Release me from my call. I said, because I ain't going to get bound in tradition. I ain't going to get bound in doctrine. Because, see, I was raised in church. My son was raised under my preaching. But when I got saved and gave my heart to God at 19, Sister Pat, I didn't know nothing about doctrine. I knew Jesus saved. I knew Jesus healed. That's all I knew. Didn't know nothing about doctrine. You ask me about water baptism or Holy Ghost, all that. Nothing. Didn't know nothing. My son was the same way. Grew up in revivals. But you know what he heard out there in them tents? Faith, healing, and deliverance. And that's what's in his spirit. When he come to the Lord, he didn't know nothing about doctrine. And that's a good thing. Because when the truth starts being preached, then sometimes God got to deprogram you. <laughs> and get all this stuff out of you that you've learned and you think you know. But God didn't have to deprogram me. That's the reason I tell people what Paul wrote in Galatians, the first chapter. Paul said, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me.
that I might preach him among the heathen. He said, immediately, he said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. He said, but I went up, didn't go up to Jerusalem. He said, but I went to Damascus, they went to Arabia. And there Paul spent three and a half years in Arabia seeking Jesus for his will, for his life. And they said he, all he'd do is eat just enough to keep him alive for those three and a half years. And he said, I'll tell you what's in me. I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by man, but I received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is in me, I ain't been taught by man, Brother Kenny. I ain't been taught by man. What I've received is by the revelation of the Spirit of God and the Christ that's revealed in me. It's been revealed by Him. I remember four or five years ago, I don't remember what year it was, but I got up about 3.30 in the morning. And I was going to the office to study because, you know, people will lay in bed and they'll beat the pillows up and kick the covers off on the floor and throw the pillows across the room and they'll get up and gather it all up and then they'll try again. Me, I get restless, I get awake, I'm going to prayer, I'm going to study. I'm not going to lay in bed and beat the poor bed up or the covers or the pillows up. So I got up about 3.30 in the morning. You've been in my house, Sister Kathy. You know where that stairwell comes down right there in the lobby? Where you come in the door, I was right there, headed into that office. I heard the audible voice of the Lord speak and say, to reveal His Son in me. And that's what my cry has been, to reveal His Son in me. Because I can't do it. This life that I now live in the flesh, Paul said, he said, I live it. It's not I that live, but it's the Christ. we got to get that place, Christ. And I'm going to show you tonight, who the Christ is. I'm going to take this word and I'm going to break it down and I'm going to tell you something. You got your notebooks, you'll be right in the next two or three days and you'll have a lot of questions but that's what this meeting is for is to teach and to answer your questions on what God's revealing. Because God's people got to come to the place that it's Christ in here. Amen. It's got to be Christ. It's got to be His nature. It's got to be His kindness, His tenderness. Y'all hear me? It's, it's got to be, yeah, there's power there. But so many people's focused on the power of God, they've let the humanity of God go. But a lot of people ain't been taught there's a humanity to God. Now look the word humanity up, and it means kindness and benevolence. I didn't say carnality. I said humanity. There's a difference between human nature and the humanity. And I want the humanity. Amen. Hallelujah. I want the humanity, because that's what the Lord spoke to me. I think it was February the 16th. You got it wrote down, Sister Kathy. What, what dates you got on it? February 16th, 2013. And what did I say? The Spirit of Christ is the resurrected power of God mixed with the humanity of man. That's what God spoke to me when I started to walk out of my office. The Spirit of Christ is the resurrected power of, of God or of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. And that's what I'm going to break down to y'all tonight. That's what I'm going to show you. Because people don't understand what's fixing to come to us. There's a baptism of the Spirit of Christ fixing to come to us that this world, the church world, don't understand because they think they got it all. You ain't got it. I'm going to tell you, if people got so much, I need to see something manifest. I ain't seen anything manifest. Not what Jesus manifests. 
Hallelujah. And the Spirit that's coming to us is what He obtained in His resurrection. That ain't never been ministered on this earth. He didn't even minister in it. Y'all hearing me? He ain't never ministered in it. The Lord gave me one scripture in the Gospel of John. And it's the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. He said, Verily, verily, I'll say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. People's tried to explain that for years. How we could do greater works than what Jesus done walking this earth. Lord showed me that power of that resurrected Christ. He ain't Jesus Himself didn't minister on this earth in that anointing, in that power, in that fullness. So, as we come into this thing, and God pours out this fullness of this resurrected Christ, we're going to be able to do greater works. There ain't nothing will stop us. There ain't nothing will stop us because He's going to live in us. It's not going to be as He was. It's going to be as He is. There's a big difference between the way Jesus was and as He is. And that's what the Lord showed me in 2006. I don't know if you was in the minister's meeting in 2006, Brother Kenny, when I preached on the power of the resurrected Christ. But that's what the Lord began to show me about the power of the resurrected Christ. And, and I was studying, I was praying, I was meditating, and the Lord asked me a question, Sister Pat. He said, you want to be as I was? Or you want to be as I am? I said, huh? <laughs> Do what? He said, you want to be as I was? Or you want to be as I am? I said, I'm going to be as you are right now. Write down 1 John 4, 17. Because it says, as he is... So are we. And I believe it says in this present world. As He is right now. As He is. Not as He was. As He is. Let me see if I can. I believe I got that scripture right. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have a boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. That's what's coming to us as He is. As He is. Amen. That's First John four seventeen. As He is. That's what's going to make Him perfect in us. That's what's going to make the love of God perfect in us. Is He going to abide here? And we're going to become as He is. You know, there's a lot of people talking about the love of God, but I'll, I'll tell you right out, they, none of us got the love of God that lived in Jesus. It ain't been revealed yet. Because if we had that love, we'd live different. If we had that love, the world would be different. Amen? It'd be different. We may be striving and we may be pressing. We may be knocking and seeking and asking, but we have not yet attained no, we have not. We've not put on that divine nature. He said we could. 
He said, we're given exceedingly great and precious promises that by these we can be made partaker of the divine nature, but we ain't possessed it yet. Man, it stirs me up when people get talking, well, ain't nobody got the love of God. No, and you don't either. Y'all need to show some love. Well, when Christ reveals the love of God in me, it'll manifest. But till then, it ain't going to manifest. You can't do this in yourself. We've tried to serve God in ourselves. And we've done best we could. But until the, the very Spirit of the Christ gets in us, it ain't going to make any difference. We can do good things. We can do good deeds. We can treat people good. We can. We can have a heart to help people. But it's still not going to reveal the love of Christ. Till he gets in here. Hallelujah. Do I need to go back and start off all over again? <laughs> or do we just need to move forward? Hallelujah. Won't you open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke, the first chapter? And all I can ask y'all just pray for my strength. Been a long time since I preached eight nights and eight services in a row. And I just run out of energy last night, but I think I got some gas in my tank tonight. Amen. Luke 1, let's go to verse 28. And I got several scriptures that I want to read. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. We're fixing to possess something there ain't no end to. Daniel saw it in 7 and around verse 25. And he said, And the saints of the Most High shall possess the kingdom forever and forever. If I could get it in y'all's spirit that that rule of God that rules heaven. When you get out and pray the Lord's Prayer and you say those words, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And you recognize that rule in heaven that it's going to come down it is going to live in us and that God's will is fixing to be wrought in earth as it is in the heavens. That reign, that rule of God, that dominion of God fixing to set down and we're going to possess the kingdom of God Forever and forever in the kings of this world going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Hallelujah. You hear what I said? The kingdoms of this world are fixing to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Because when this happens, everything's coming under subjection. Everything's coming under subjection. You ain't going to fear nothing. You're going to have total dominion and power and authority over everything. Brother Kenny, the Lord visited me Monday afternoon. I was in prayer and the Lord visited me. And I thought God was taking me back into something He had showed me back in June. But the Lord took me out in the Spirit 
and I stuck on, stood on the very edge of space. And I seen all the planets, the moon, the stars, the sun, everything was on my left-hand side. And I stand there looking out into the universe. And the Word of the Lord come to me. And He said, The Word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. When he spoke that to me, something come all over me, and I knew at that second whatever I'd have spoke would have happened. There was an authority and a dominion of power settled down in me, and I knew if I'd spoke to one, it didn't matter what I'd have spoke. It would have happened. God was showing me a power that's going to rule the universe. Every circumstance, every situation, the wind, the seas, the moon, the star, whatever, coming into subjection to them that will present themselves to God and seek first the kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm going to possess this. God done told me I was going to get this. Lord ministered me, what, a year ago almost, in our camp meeting, September a year ago, and told me, He said, you understand the kingdom? He said, you're fixing to go into it. He said, but I'm holding you back. I went to prayer after I got that word, and I said, God? I said, I don't know if I like that or not. He said, I'm holding you back that you can take others into it. He said, I'm holding you back. This is in me. This is a part of me. What I know and understand. I'm sure there's things that God hadn't even begun to reveal. But what I know, I know... And he showed me that authority and dominion that rules the universe. Because that's what he is. Everything in them heavens is under his control. Everything in them heavens works under his will. And people can't imagine that kind of power setting down in the children of God. It ain't for everybody. But you prove yourself worthy. You prove yourself worthy. This ain't for everybody. You say, where do you get? I'm fixing to show you where I get all this. I'm going to tell you, if you listen to me these next three nights, and get your notebooks out and get ready to write. And I'll give y'all, y'all can go ahead and do a little homework if you want to. Figure out how many times the dead was raised in the Bible. I think it's about Eight. And every one of them was raised mortal and carnal. Same way they died. Except Jesus. Do some research on the verse of Scripture that says He was the first begotten from the dead. He wasn't the first raised from the dead. So do some research on the scripture that says he was the first born or first begotten from the dead. I'll get you nose in that Bible and I'll get you to hunt. Why? Because I want you to know who you are in Christ. I want you to know what belongs to you. I want you to know what you can possess and what can live inside of you. Hallelujah. And then search this passage. I was preaching on the resurrected power of Christ in the 
ministers meeting Sister Daniels in June of 06. And by the time I got through with that word, the Lord spoke something to me. He said, Thou art my beloved son. This day have I begotten thee. And I said, Somebody find that scripture for me and tell me what it means. Do you know it was five years before God ever revealed that scripture to me? Well, Brother Metter, that ain't hard to understand. This one, God reveals it to you. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. What you read with your eyes, what you hear with your ears, and what you understand with your natural man, ain't what God's talking about many times. Amen? Ain't what God's talking about. The spirit of man understands the things of man. But no man understands the things of God except the Spirit of God reveal them. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. How far did I get in Luke? I don't know how far I got. What? 33. And shall reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And in this, this is the sixth month with her that it was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Go right over to the second chapter of the book of Luke. And I'm going to read you verse 40. And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The first chapter of the Gospel of John. Starting at the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehendeth it not. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go with me to the book of Acts. Let me see where I want to go. Verse 22. 2. In verse 22, sorry I had so many scriptures marked, I had to figure out where I needed to go there. About time to get a new Bible. <laughs> when I start marking things I want to preach and I done got the whole page marked, it's about time to get another Bible. <laughs> you ever get there, Brother Kenny? <laughs> verse 22, ye men of Israel hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders. And signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. 
Romans, the first chapter. Y'all with me? We'll go to verse 3 and 4. Concerning His Son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to be the Spirit, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Y'all see that? Alright, Romans 8, first verse. I'll just go ahead and start at the first verse. I'll just about quote this. Hallelujah, I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Does anybody love the Word? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Philippians, the second chapter. I was talking to Brother Elder today. He said, man, he said, what you're preaching, and he said, in the Scriptures you got, he said, you ought to be able to convince anybody about this kingdom of God. I said, if they'll listen, I said, but when people get something in their minds, it's hard to talk to them because they think they know it. One thing about me, I've always been open to the voice of the Lord. I ain't never just took a preacher's word for it, but if somebody will preach something, I can get in prayer and I can seek God and God will begin to reveal it to me, I'll accept it. But it's got to, Spirit of God's got to reveal things to you. It don't matter what's preached. You can talk to people from sun up, sun down, week, ten days, month, two months at a time, and they will never understand till the Spirit of God reveals it to them. Amen. So, if you don't understand what I'm preaching tonight, just put it in a neat little box and put it on the shelf. And go back and get it down every now and then study it. That's God to open your understanding to it. Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2nd chapter. 
I'm going to the ninth verse. I'm going to read 9 and 10, then I'm going 14 through 18. One thing about it, God gives me something. He gives me word for it. Because I believe the word. I do. I believe the word. I don't accept what preachers preach, but I believe the word. Amen. And I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, said the word you preach makes sense. I've studied it and it, it, it makes sense. said, but that ain't how I was raised. I said, I don't care how you was raised. I don't care what you've been taught all your life. That's the discussion me and my wife had. And we was sitting on the front porch one night, and I didn't know if she was telling uh, Brother Justin, Sister Deborah tonight that at that time she was battling a tormenting spirit. That thing was talking to her 24-7. I thought that it had been earlier back when she fought that battle of depression, but she said it was 2009. That thing just talked to her constantly, just tormented her. And the Lord hid that from me because He was teaching her. The Lord will hide things sometimes and let you walk through a trial and He won't deliver you till He's ready. That's the reason I'm so careful who I go and pray for, lay hands on to, prophesy to, because sometimes it ain't God's will to bring you out of a trial. It's not. When God puts you in a trial, He means for something to be worked. Amen. And we were sitting there talking and, and, and she said, well, she said, if I was the Son of God, I wouldn't have no trouble whipping them devils neither. And I said, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? She said, well, Jesus was the Son of God and the fullness of God. Let no, whoa, wait a minute, let's back up now. And I began to explain to her how Jesus was born a man. Lived as a man. And there was a measure of the Spirit, but it was not the fullness. And I'm going to show you because he was tempted just like me and you. You can't tempt the Spirit of God. So his temptation had to be in his flesh. Did y'all catch that? His temptation had to be in his flesh. Hebrews 2nd chapter, verse 9. But we see in Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. Y'all see that right there? He was made how? A little lower than the angels. He wasn't made as God. He wasn't made over the angels. He was made a little lower than the angels. Don't think lower than the angels is man. <laughs> Y'all with me? We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. There's another scripture you can write down and look up. That he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Every one of us, if the Lord don't come, we go into the grave. Amen? But Jesus tasted of something by the grace of God that me and you won't have to go there. Woo, it's getting quiet in here. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Verse 14. For as much then as the children, that's me and you, Will y'all agree with that? The children are me and you. He said, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, 
he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. I told y'all last night that when Adam sinned, he handed eternal life to the enemy. He gave the enemy power of spiritual death. Because right there, Adam went from mortal to, I mean, from immortal to mortal. Adam was created immortal. He was created to be the tabernacle of God from then on. It was not meant for Adam to die. And the Lord said, unless he go into that garden and be made a partaker of the tree of life, he put that flaming sword at the entrance into that garden. It turned every way to guard the tree of life. That tree of life is still being guarded. But God's fixing to open our understanding to that tree of life. And we're fixing to eat of the tree of life. People today still eat of the tree of knowledge uh, of good and evil. They have yet uh, to partake of the tree of life. Because uh, in the day that you eat of the tree of life, uh, my God, yeah, there, there's something going to change in you. Uh, something going to take hold of you. Uh, you're going to lose this carnality. Uh, you're going to lose this mortality. Uh, you're going to lose this corruption. Uh, for the mortal must put on immortality. Uh, this corruption must put on incorruption. Woo! I ain't talking about going to heaven. I ain't talking about going to heaven. I'm right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His kingdom's right here. His kingdom's right here. I told y'all the other night, go ahead and search your scripture. Find things in the scripture that the church has taught you about heaven. She said, Kathy, you sing them songs. Just build my mansion next door to Jesus and tell the angels I'm a coming on home. <laughs> you ain't going to have no mansion. Somebody sent me a thing by a preacher and it talked about how he got took to heaven. How he seen his mansion of gold and walked the streets of gold. And then he uh, found out where Jesus was and he heard this big sound going, ooh, 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 Didn't he? And we were trying to watch that. We got about 30 minutes into it, Brother Kenny. If we got 30 and we had to fight to get that. And I said, I've had enough. I walked over to DVD player, Sister Pat punched it, took it out, walked out on the back deck of my house and went, swing! <laughs> Made a frisbee out of that rascal. <laughs> I said, I ain't putting. I said, how do people believe any such junk? I can tell you why. Because they've been indoctrinated with it. You can't find all that stuff in the Bible. Jesus talks about a new Jerusalem. He talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Somewhere we're going to rule and reign as kings and priests with Him for a thousand years. That's a millennium and it's coming on fast. Hallelujah. I, ain't earth, I may be earthbound now, but I ain't, I ain't going to be earthbound much longer. I'm like that caterpillar in that cocoon, man. That thing's beating the daylights out of me. I'm a fighting and it's a fighting and I'm a fighting and it's a fighting. And I'm getting 
I, I'm getting crushed and uh, that thing's squeezing in on me and I'm fighting back uh, and then it's pushing back in on me. Uh, but there's coming a day that whole thing's going to bust open uh, and I'm coming out of there, my God, uh, and I ain't going to be earthbound no more. Uh, I refuse to be earthbound. Uh, why, my Jesus ain't earthbound. Uh, the Christ uh, is going to take his abode in me. Uh, hallelujah. He ain't earthbound. Uh, he ain't bound. He's the creator of the heavens. Uh, he's the creator of the earth. Uh, He's the creator of all things. He is before all things and by Him all things consist. Hallelujah. And somewhere He's going to take His abode right here. And it ain't going to be so I can fly away either. That's another one. Somebody say you need to know the day, the hour, the coming of the Son of Man. But we'll stand up and sing some glad morning we shall see. Jesus in the air. Now y'all know why preaching don't sing. Preaching's my forte, singing ain't. Man told me one time, he said, Brother Metter, he said, you ought to sing. He said, you got a good voice for it. I said, well, I can't sing. He said, well, he said, you can preach. He said, if you can preach like that, you can sing. I said, Brother, I don't have to preach on key. All I got to do is open my mouth and let her fly when I preach. I don't have to preach on key. He kind of scratched his head. He said, well, I guess it would sound better if you sing if it's on key. I said, yeah, and I don't know one key from the other. <laughs> I'll leave that kind of stuff to Brother Kenny and Sister Kathy and whoever else. Hallelujah. i just going to preach. Amen. I'll, I'll go to verse 16 in Hebrews 2. I think I was about there. Well, let's back up to 15. And delivered them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Before Jesus came, people feared death. I'm talking about God's people feared death. There was no repentance and promise of eternal life till Jesus came. You were under the law. And if you didn't keep the law to the strictest letter, you didn't know, if you, you didn't know what was going to happen to you when you died. You did not have the privilege to repent and the promise of eternal life until it came through Jesus. But see, Satan had to be destroyed. And that power of spiritual death had to be taken out of his hands because he kept people in bondage. All their lifetime, men struggled with that bondage of spiritual death because they didn't know what was going to happen to their soul. And Jesus had to come, and it had to be done a certain way. It had to be done in God's order. It had to be done according to God's word. And God's Spirit, because God had created a son, and the devil had deceived that son. Amen. So there wasn't no need to him creating another one. Because the devil could have deceived him too. So this time, he birthed him, he conceived him in a woman's womb, and brought him forth. Hallelujah. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him or pleased him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation. That's what I preached on last night, that reconciliation. When the Lord took me out on June the 11th and that's why I thought I was seeing the same thing I was seeing. The Lord took me out on June the 11th in the spirit, and I saw the universe out of order. 
out of order. Wasn't none of the planets flowing right. Nothing was in time. Wasn't nothing moving like it's supposed to. Everything was just out of order, moving slow and sluggish, like some of us do sometimes. You know, sometimes things get out of order, and we just move slow and sluggish. But all of a sudden, I've seen an explosion. That explosion cleared every planet was back in his orbit. Everything was moving. Everything was back in God's time and God's order. And I heard the voice of the Lord speak. And he said, what I wrought in Christ when I raised him from the dead and set him far above all principalities and powers. Gave me Ephesians 1 and 20 and right on down. He said, when man sinned, he said, everything got out of my divine order. He said, but when I raised Christ from the dead, he said it wasn't just a resurrection he said it was reconciliation I put everything back in my divine order I took control hallelujah of spiritual death but Jesus took control of everything in heaven in earth and in the pits of hell are you hearing me he took control in three realms and he said this I wrote in Christ when I raised him from the dead wasn't just resurrection Reconciliation. Reconciliation, everything. And that's what God spoke to me. He said, I put everything back in my divine order. Hallelujah. Because it was out of order. When man sinned, he got everything out of order. But when Jesus had done what he done, and I'm going to explain to you all what he done the next three days. Hallelujah. Because he's more than just dying on the cross. I saw some people talk about Jesus died on the cross, saved me from my sin. Yeah, he did. But he done a whole lot more than that. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. For that in he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor. That word means to help them that are tempted. From Hebrews 4. Y'all hang on, we're fixing to go somewhere. My wife's been laughing at me every night. In a good way. We'll head back to the trailer and she'll say, Sit down and teach. She said, I ain't seen you sit down and teach yet. I said, Well, that spirit gets moving. I said, I can't help myself. I said, but it's coming. <laughs> Hebrews 4, verse 14. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Did y'all know Jesus never done one priestly duty on this earth? Not the first one. Didn't do the first one. But yet, we call him our high priest. When he ascended into the heavens, walked behind that veil into the Holy of Holies, where that mercy seat is, he put his blood on that mercy seat. And when he put his blood on that mercy seat, the Bible said he obtained eternal redemption for every one of us. And that he died unto sin, he died once. That's all he ever had to do. There ain't no more sacrifice for sin. He walked in there, done it one time, it's all paid for. It's all done. That means every sin that's committed and repented of, it's done. That don't mean just because he put his blood on that mercy seat, you can sin a little more or less every day. The only sins that are forgiven are sins that are repented of. 
Amen. He forgives past sins. You've got to repent of them. You've got to repent of them if you want them forgiven. Amen. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now what I want to talk to you about tonight, if the Lord will allow me, is the man, Christ Jesus. The man. This is where I get ostracized. This is where I get talked about. And this is why people don't have a lot to do with me. Because I believe Jesus was a man. Made just like me and you. I don't believe he came down here with any special powers. I believe he was a man. Somewhere in the course of his raising, I believe he had experiences with God, but he was a man. The Bible said he was conceived in Mary's womb. He grew flesh, blood, and bone, and came out of her womb a baby, just like me and you. In Luke 2 and 40, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in the Spirit. Nobody knows anything from, about Jesus from the time he was 12 years old in the temple to the time he was 30 and got baptized. There's no history of him. There's no history of him that we've ever found. But, he worked a public job. He was a carpenter. The Bible said he was. They said, is this not the carpenter? So you people think you called of God and you're too good to work. Jesus was a carpenter. He was the carpenter's son. But he was a carpenter. And somewhere in there, Joseph died. And the responsibility of Jesus' family fell on him he done all this until the day of his baptism when he went down that water and got baptized and come up out of that water and the spirit of the Lord descended on him a voice came out of heaven he said thou art my this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased Hear ye him. Now, which message was it that Jesus preached? Or which miracle was it that Jesus had done that made his father pleased with him? He hadn't done nothing yet. The only thing he had done is humbled himself and became obedient to the call of God on his life. He hadn't done a miracle. He hadn't preached a sermon. He hadn't cast out a devil. He hadn't raised the dead. 
He hadn't turned the water to wine. He hadn't done nothing. But yet his father spoke and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And it was all because of his submission and his obedience to the call of God on his life. Y'all listen to me. He was a man. He was a man. The Bible said that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet there was no sin. So what did what was tempted? You can't tempt the Spirit of God. So you and I, I don't like to use this word, but there had to be a certain measure of carnality that warred against him. Y'all follow what I'm saying? There had to be something in his flesh to start with that the enemy tried to get an inroad. You don't have something in your flesh the enemy can't get to you. And finally, I think it was in John 14, one of the last verses, Jesus said, The prince of this world cometh, but he ain't found nothing in me. But that don't mean he didn't try. That don't mean he didn't try. Because for him to be tempted, and this is what I want you to understand, if you don't never understand that Jesus was made like me and you, you'll never become like him. You've got to understand and see the church has preached that he was a man, but then they've said, no, he was God. I don't believe he was God. I had a preacher tell me one time, said, Brother Metter, me and you got a doctrinal disagreement. I said, we probably do. He said, I believe that Jesus' flesh was God. I said, that don't make no sense. If Jesus' flesh was God, then God died on the cross. Because <laughs> that human part of him died. Amen. I said, the Bible don't say that his flesh was God. It said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things that was made in the beginning was made by Him, and without Him was not any, without that Word was not anything made that was made. But that Word became flesh. It's going to go against what some of you have been taught. But listen to me. He was our example. If He could not be tempted in all points... Like as me and you, how can he be my example? How can he be my example? That's what she was telling me on the front porch that night. She said, this ain't fair. I said, what are you talking about? said, Jesus had all this power over the devil. said, that ain't fair. If I had that, all that power, I could whip the devil too. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. I said, he was a man. He was conceived in Mary's womb and brought forth as a man. There wasn't nothing about him that made him any different than me and you. And she started listening to me. She said, really? I said, yeah, when he got baptized, I said he received the Holy Ghost. But I've had people tell me, well, he got the fullness of God. I said, no, he didn't. 
what would be the point? What would be the point of him having the fullness of God living down here as a man and going through all these temptations? Interesting, ain't it? But see, this levels the playing field. This puts it down where me and you can understand that what he done, we can do. Well, Brother Matter, the Bible says that he received the Spirit without measure. I said, no, it don't. I said, it says he received the Spirit not by measure like it's been given unto us. I believe he got more than what we get, but it was by no means the fullness. If he got the fullness, what was the Mount Transfiguration for? What did God do to him there? See, he grew in stature. Waxed strong in the Spirit and found favor with God and man. I'm not taken away from the deity of Jesus. I'm trying to show you the church has never seen Him as a man. People have gone to church. They've been taught they received the Spirit of Christ. That they had what it took to overcome sin. And they've never been able to overcome it. They said, well, Jesus was your example. But yet He couldn't sin. No, he chose not to sin. He chose to obey God. He chose to submit to the will of his Father. That's why he wrestled so hard in the garden till his sweat became his great drops of blood. He was wrestling with what was ahead of him. Hebrews. Let me, let me read this to you. I'm in, I'm in uh, 1 Timothy, 2nd chapter. Let me read this before I go to this other. I hope this is helping somebody. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you can lock on to this, you'll realize you can serve God and there ain't a devil out there can stop you. Because Jesus defeated as a man with God living in him. He abolished sin in his flesh. That's what the Word says in, in Ephesians 2. He abolished sin in his flesh. 1 Timothy, 2nd chapter, 5th verse. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. See, God don't understand man. He don't know how to relate to man. So when we go to prayer, we got an intercessor right between us. When you pray, that man, Christ Jesus, is understanding what you're saying because he's been where you're at. Listen to me now, it'll make sense to you. He's been where you're at. He faced every temptation you can face. So your prayer, you start praying, and you're praying in all the knowledge and understanding. You know how to pray but it's that man part of you. Jesus hears it. And he says, Father, this is what they're saying. This is what they need you to do. Because the man, Christ Jesus, hears and understands and makes intercession. God answers back. It comes to thee. God part of that man. The Christ Jesus part. And the Christ Jesus part 
brings it down to you in an understanding that you can understand. Because he's that mediator, he's that go-between. Because he's been on both sides. He's the God and he's the man. When he was raised from the dead and he walked in the room where his disciples were, and they got scared to death of him in Luke 24. And he said, here, handle me. Handle me. There's the nail prints in my hands. There's the, where they pierced me with the spear. Handle me. He said, a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. And he sat down with them and ate a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb. Because he had become God manifest in the flesh, but he was still the man, Christ Jesus. When you read in the Word and it says Jesus Christ, you're talking about flesh anointed. But when you read Christ Jesus, that's after the resurrection, and it's anointed flesh. <laughs> because he's still flesh. It's glorified, but it's still flesh. Y'all following with me? You've got to come to understand he was a man. This is why he loves. This is why he loves the human race. And this is why he has such mercy on us. And tries to woo people back to the Father. The ministry of reconciliation has been given to him and been given to us because God was in Christ reconciling man back to that place he created him in the beginning. It's God's good pleasure to take us back to where Adam was created and where Adam lived because that's what Jesus possesses now. It's his good pleasure to take us back there. He wants to give us this kingdom. Amen. He wants to give us this kingdom. Now, Hebrews, the fifth chapter. If this word don't make sense to y'all, I don't know how to... I don't know how to explain it to you, but I'm doing my best. So y'all bear with me. Are y'all with me in Hebrews 5? Verse 7, or verse 6. Also he saith, in another place thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Y'all know who Melchizedek is? He was the high priest of God that met Abraham coming from the slaughter of the kings and Abraham honored him with tithe. But Melchizedek had neither father nor mother, had neither beginning of days or end of life. So it was spoken, I believe, by David who prophesied and said, I will make thee a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So, that was eternity. That was total power, total dominion. That's where Jesus is now. Did you know there's only two priesthoods in the Bible? There's the order of Aaron, and there's the order of Melchizedek. The order of Aaron was under the law. The order of Melchizedek is under the New Testament, and we're fixing to be kings and priests under the order of Melchizedek. And we're going to put on eternity. We're going to put on the glory. We're going to put on the power. Because we're going to be made in the order of Melchizedek. 
Because Jesus was made there. And we're going to become as He is. I know I'm getting in deep water. But the church needs something to take her in the power and the authority and dominion of God. She needs to know. You need to know this belongs to you. This is your inheritance. This is your right to possess this. He says in verse 7, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong cries and tears unto him that was able to save him to death, and was heard then that he feared. Jesus was fixing to face something. And I'm not going to go into that tonight. I'll go into it tomorrow night. But it says in the days of his flesh, he offered up strong cries and tears. He prayed till his sweat became as great drops of blood. There was such a fear in him of what he was fixing to face. It wasn't just the physical abuse. It wasn't just the death on the cross. My God, there's people die on crosses. Every Easter they have a, a procession in the Philippines. Men beat themselves with whips and cut their backs up and then they go crucify them. Some of them survive and some of them don't. But they do that in honor of the Christ. They don't know they don't have to do that. Because it's in Catholicism. They're taught they have to do that for repentance and to do something to please God. They don't know that that's already been paid and they don't have to do that again. But see, just going through physical suffering was not what he feared. Wasn't what he feared. But there was something there that he was so afraid of that he prayed till his sweat became as great drops of blood. And he finally surrendered and said, Father, not my will. But thine be done. He had a choice, Brother Kenny. Most people don't see he had a choice. He didn't have to die. Not like that. He didn't have to. He made a choice. Jesus chose to die for me and you. He chose to fulfill the will. What, what did he say when he was praying? For this hour came I into this world. I've been prepared for this for 33 years and I'm right here at this time and what do I say? Let this cup pass from me? He could have. But he said, Father, not my will. And that's what the Lord's trying to get us to say. Not my will, but thine be done. Amen? Hallelujah. Go with me to the Gospel of John. The 16th chapter. Let me find it. Y'all there with me? I'm going to verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer I have overcome the world y'all see that go to the epistle of 1st John second chapter 15th verse love not the world Neither the things that are in the world, 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So Jesus was tempted by the love of the world. Ooh. Why? That man part of him had to go through that temptation of the world that he could overcome it. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So he overcame the lust of the flesh. He overcame the lust of the eyes. He overcame the pride of life because it wasn't of the Father. But he had to fight it because he was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet he chose not to sin. He chose not to. When Satan come and tempted him, he could have very easily give in. He was very tired. He was very weak in his body. He had fasted 40 days, had not eat. And if y'all ain't never been there, I've been there. <laughs> it's rough. I'm going to tell you something. You can get so weak sometimes. You can do about anything. Get something to eat or get some strength. And I tell people, I said, y'all know how much strength there is in a glass of water. But I've been so weak, I couldn't hardly go and drink a glass of water. Man, it'd like somebody gave me a shot of B12. <laughs> but it'll perk you up. But he had to go through that to be our example. That's why I'm telling you, there's nothing you can't conquer. Through him, there's nothing you can't overcome. Lisa, walk back there and get my notes. I left some things I want to read. And I'm fixing to go into something God revealed to me right after he spoke to me. Brother Kenny, I posted this on, on a blog and you read it about the intertwining. I don't know if you remember or not. But when the Lord began to, when he spoke to me, that what was fixing to baptize us was the resurrected power of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. It wasn't very long after that. It's like the Lord took me into a vision. And I saw Jesus. And what I saw was, only thing I know how to tell you is what the Lord told me. It was a spiritual DNA. And if y'all have ever seen DNA in a diagram in science, it's like a, a big ladder twisted together and it's got a bunch of colors in it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, the Lord told me, He said every trial Jesus went through, every temptation He went through, Every devil he cast out. He said him in that DNA of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Christ become more twisted together. He was man when he started out with the baptism of God living in him. But everything he went through 
every battle he had to battle, every fight, every demon he cast out, every time they tempted him, I seen the man Jesus and the Holy Ghost at that time become twisted together. Just kept twisting. Just kept getting more and more together. Here, work on that for me. Now, I know y'all think I'm crazy. But I'll give you some scripture. The Holy Ghost that dwelt in Jesus when He walked this earth is not what's going to live in us. Not. Go to the Gospel of John, the seventh chapter. I told y'all the gospel's in me. It ain't a man. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I can preach this and they'll throw rocks at me. Look, Kenny, you don't know how many preachers I've tried to explain this to and they've shunned me. Don't have nothing to do with me. Don't want nothing to do with me. They'll tell you I've gone off the deep end. <laughs> That's all right. I'm fixing to stand with the authority and dominion of God that's going to control the universe. God ain't showing me this for something to do. God's showing me this because the kingdom of heaven's at hand. It's at the door. Now, how many of y'all ever read in the Bible where when John the Baptist was born, the Bible said he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. I think it says even Zechariah and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all ever read that? Jesus, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Is that the word? Now, you go with me to the Gospel of John. Let me get over there. The seventh chapter. Boy, this is going to make y'all stay awake and pray tonight. Let me see where I want to be. Verse 37. Y'all with me? In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Bam! What do you mean it was not yet given? Is that what the Word says? Did I read it right? Does it say that the Holy Ghost was not yet given? Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. 
Say, Brother Metter, explain yourself. <laughs> Y'all ready? Jesus became the Christ. Acts 2.36 says this same Lord, or this same Jesus whom you've crucified, is become both the Lord, Lord and Christ. He became the Christ. You hear me? When he come out of that tomb, the man Jesus was dead. As far as the man part. Y'all hear me? The man part was dead. But the physical body had been glorified. He ascended up to heaven, put his blood on the mercy seat, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and waited till he could pour his, his spirit out. The humanity of man and the resurrected power of Christ had become mixed. It wasn't just the Spirit of God that was in Elizabeth, that was in Zechariah, that was in John, that it spoke to Isaiah. It wasn't just that Spirit of God, but it was the Spirit of the Christ which contained the humanity of the man Jesus and the power of the resurrected Christ. This is what's fixing to come to us in the fullness. Because there's times, Brother Kenny, you don't just need the Holy Ghost. You need the wisdom of a man on what he had to fight, how he was tempted, what he had to go through. And you need the humanity of the man mixed with the power of the resurrected Christ. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's why... He told them. He said, I'm going to give you another comforter. <laughs> Have I got your head spinning yet? But am I preaching the Word? See, this, things like, and the reason I'm preaching this is you need to know who you are in God. You need to know what's fixing to live on the inside of you. It ain't just the power of God. It's the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and humanity of the man Christ Jesus. He said he is the mediator. The man Christ Jesus. Well, somebody, I had somebody tell me, well, I don't want the mind of a man. I said, you don't. I said, Philippians says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In the man Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me the church don't have this today there was an earnest of it poured out on the day of Pentecost but I'm going to tell you something what was poured out on the day of Pentecost ain't what the church has today because if it was it'd be bringing forth the Christ it'd be manifesting the Christ are y'all following me you can write these scriptures down if you want to because I ain't got time. I'm not going to take time to go into all these tonight. But let me find my caption. All right, I gave you John 7 and verse 39. If you want to write down John 16 and 7, it says, 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. See, Jesus had to go because it was His Spirit that was coming back. Have y'all ever read where it says, and He sent the Spirit of His dear Son into our hearts? It ain't just an anointing. There was an anointing of the Holy Ghost on Jesus. The disciples ministered with an anointing of the Holy Ghost. John was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. A lot of the old prophets worked by the unction of the Holy Ghost being with them. But this that came on the day of Pentecost, this that Jesus became when he became the Christ, was the full resurrected power of God mixed with the man. John 14 and 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Acts 2 and verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. See, this man became the Christ. Because he gave himself over to the will of God. Every scripture I read you, he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. Pumbled, made in the fashion of a man. He didn't take on him the nature of angels. He took on him flesh and blood, like me and you. But because of his obedience, he became the Christ. And it's now that nature that's going to come live in us. I know it's different, but it's the Word. It's the Word. Acts 9.22 But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded them Jews which dwell at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Acts 17 and 3 Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. He became the Christ. Can y'all tell me Jesus didn't become the Christ? He did. He became the Christ. And that, that power that he got in that resurrection. That's what Paul... Go to Philippians 3.10 and read it. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. If by any means... Or being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul saw that and he wanted it. He wanted that. He said, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. He said, it's something I have not already attained. He said, there may be some people that's got it. There may be some people already matured or perfected. He said, I ain't got no fault with them. He said, but this one thing I do. He said, forgetting the things that are behind me, I press toward the mark. He said, I got my eyes on a prize. And that prize was the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul wanted to possess that. Paul saw it. He never possessed it. Why? It's ours. This is our inheritance, Sister Pat. This is what we'll become when we become an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. A joint heir with Christ. What what he became? He became the Christ. Acts 18 and 5. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, 
Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the fullness of it. This gets you ready for it. Amen. Hallelujah. I know I've been long preaching tonight, and I know y'all are puzzled by some of the things I brought out, but it's Scripture. And this is the revelation God's put in me. Brother Kenny, you came down to the meeting in April in Fort Payne, didn't you? I was thinking you ministered there one night. Thinking you ministered Friday night. Well, Saturday morning, in prayer, because we were praying of a morning. I don't know if you got in the prayer any of the mornings. But we were praying in Saturday morning. And I remember it because it's my son's birthday, April the 11th. Brother Jimmy Thornburg, whom I've got the utmost confidence in, come up to me on the platform where I was in prayer and put his hands on me. And I'm going to tell you something. When he stepped up on that platform, it, the power of God just hit that church. I mean, you could feel it. And he prophesied to me. He said, Brother Metter, you need to know what God's doing in your life. Because up to that meeting, I probably hadn't preached a half a dozen times from December. The Lord just pulled me off scene. He'll be back. I couldn't even come to L.A.J. We were having a meeting in your house every Friday night. And I don't think I come to L.A.J. two or three times from December to April. I don't even remember now. But I know I hadn't preached very many times. But the Lord spoke to me in that prophecy. And he said, I've called you to be an apostle. And he said, the mysteries that I've kept secret. He said, I'm giving them to you. And he said, you're going to go and you're going to plant churches. And he said, you're going to reveal this. And he said, be careful what you preach. He said, because what you plant is going to reproduce. To that time, I was afraid to reveal these kind of mysteries. Because like I said, I've, I've talked to people about them. They looked at me like I was crazy. But now, I don't care. Because I'm obeying what the Lord told me to do. I know everybody's not going to receive this. But that baby she saw in that dream last night, there's some new converts fixing to be birthed off of this, Sister Pat. She saw a baby that could not be satisfied. She was feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. It's so hungry it couldn't be satisfied. I said, new people fixing to come in. Because you ain't going to preach this to people. That's in this old order. They ain't going to receive it. Lord told me in 93, I had an open vision of baptism with the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire. And the Lord told me in 93, He said, not very many people over the age of 35, He said, are going to receive this. He said, there'll be a few. He said, most of them ain't going to receive it because they're too indoctrinated. They're just too indoctrinated. Amen. And I can't help that. And at that time, I don't even know how old I was. But I was over 35 at that time, I think. I can't do the math while I'm preaching. But that was 93, 2003, 2013. Uh, what, six, 26, 23, 23 years? 23 years ago? So I'd have been right at 40. So I was already over 35. And I told the Lord, I said, wait a minute now. 
<laughs> I said, I'm 40. And you telling me ain't very many people over 35 going to get in on this? Because everything I've seen is falling on young people. Young people. There's a move of God right now among the youth. But it ain't nothing what it's fixing to be. Because see, God's fixing to step out there in the highways and the hedges. He's going to get the harlot. He's going to get the publican. He's going to get the drug addict. He's going to get the whoremonger. Because they ain't got all this stuff in them. They ain't got all this doctrine in them. And when God touches their life and washes them and cleanses them and purifies them, they're going to be so grateful. They're going to be so grateful. Hallelujah. They're going to be so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I appreciate the Lord tonight. I believe I've given you all enough to chew on for the next six months. But I'm telling you, it's going to get better and better. Next two nights, and I get into revealing what the price Jesus paid for your souls and what He went through. Some of y'all are going to get a real revelation if you're hungry for God. And everywhere I... See that right there? You can't separate that now. You can't separate Jesus from the Christ because Jesus was the physical body. Now He's the Christ. He's the Christ. He's now the man Christ Jesus. He was Jesus Christ, but now He's the man Christ Jesus. And everywhere I've preached this, and I've wound this together, the Lord has moved on me to wrap this around somebody's wrist. I've done it to Sister Kathy's house, Spirit of God, like I knocked her out. Still got it too, don't you? It ain't the clay. It's what it represents. Says Christina, come here. Lord spoke to me when I first walked out. I just want you to put your arm out. Don't matter. And I'm going to put this around you. God's, God's fixing to do something in you. You're very tired. Physically, you're very worn spiritually. You love God, you love the ministry, but you're just you're just worn. And the Spirit of God's fixing to come on you in a different way than anything you've ever had. Ula pra. In the name of Jesus, I speak a refreshing into your mind. I speak a refreshing into your spirit, into your body. Come on a renewing of the Spirit of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I see a healing going down into your body. You need a healing in your body. You've been petitioning God for it. And it's happening right now. It's happening right now in the name of Jesus. If I be a servant of the Lord and this word be true, God bears a sign there's a healing in your body. It takes place right... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I speak a healing in your body. I speak a revelation of the word of God. 
And God open your understanding to this. For such a time as this, the Lord has brought you forth to reveal this kingdom to you. Ho! <laughs> yeah! Oh my God, hallelujah. Man, there's a power of God in this place. The power of God in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to tell you, if you can be in these next two services, you're going to be amazed at what God's fixing to bring forth. God wants us to know who we are. He wants to know what we're called for, what we're chosen for, and what can live in us. Amen. We're the temple of God. But I'm going to tell you something. God ain't being manifest and God ain't got control. We're fixing to have to give Him control. Amen. We're fixing to have to give Him control. Won't y'all just raise your hands and praise God with them for a minute? Come on, just lift your hands up to the Lord and go ahead and praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and love Him a few minutes. Man, God is making Himself real in this place. He's making Himself real. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It don't matter to the Lord. There's just a handful here. If I can get this kingdom revealed in half of you, and you can take this and go forward with it. What a working of the Holy Ghost fixing to happen. Amen. Go ahead and love Him. Go ahead and love Him, children. My God, I thank God for this service. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, I praise you. I glorify you. Sister Portia, there's a love in your heart for God. And there's a desire to know more than what you know. The Lord has brought you this way to reveal Himself to you. And to take you from where you are right now spiritually into a depth that you've never walked in. And it's God's mind for you to be in these services as many as you can. Because God wants to reveal Himself to you. Because this word I'm preaching, you may not understand it, but it makes sense. It makes sense. See, this ain't going to fit our church doctrine. This ain't going to fit what we've been taught all our life, Brother Kenny. That's the reason I hit such conflict when I start preaching. Because it's like all preachers want to do is preach good messages and excite people's flesh. I don't need something to excite my flesh. I need something to reveal Christ in me. That I'll be able to deliver this generation. Amen. There's a deliverance for this generation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I appreciate the Lord tonight. Brother Kenny, I'm so glad to see y'all. Y'all like my kids in the gospel. I guess I've been around you ever since you got saved and got started, just about. And I always, any any time I see Brother Kenny, he's always talked to me with respect, and I appreciate that. He's, I mean, I just love what God's working in him, and how God's revealing Himself to him. And 
You know, a lot of people that's got a ministry, and God's bringing Brother Kenny on in the ministry and really working in, they won't come sit and listen to another preacher. They just won't do it. Some of them think they, they get too exalted, but I ain't never seen that kind of spirit on this man. I love him and appreciate him. I know this church ain't no stranger to you. <laughs> I know you've been here many times. But at least I'm going to turn the service over to you. Y'all just going to have to bear with me. I'm, I feel my strength leaving. But please do everything you can in the offering. Because Lord showed me we're going to build a church up here. It may be a year. It may be two years. I don't know when it's going to be. But we're going to pack this church out. And God's going to win a lot of, so a lot of your families coming in, Sister Pat, I'm telling you. Cause, no, they will. Because this word like this will bring deliverance. Once you come to understand what lives inside of you, ain't nothing the devil can do. Because this that I'm preaching conquered Satan. It destroyed him. And once it lives in you and you realize it can, you realize Jesus was made just like you and you can become as he is. And what lived in him, what lives in him now is conquered and destroyed Satan. There won't be nothing the devil knew to stop you. Because he's already been conquered, he's already been destroyed by the Spirit and the Word that lives on the inside of you. Y'all hear me? You don't have to battle the devil. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Satan's been destroyed to the believer. If the believer will understand the Word. Jesus destroyed Satan. He destroyed him. He took the power of spiritual death away from him. Took it out of his hands. Through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death. Took it away from him. If the Lord let me, I'll get into this tomorrow night. Because there's scriptures y'all read all y'all life. Y'all think it mean one thing, they mean something else. Lord's fixing to reveal himself. Hallelujah. It's going to be all right, says Christina. It's going to be all right. Lord knows. Hallelujah. Lord knows all things. Y'all pray for my strength. And those of y'all who brought food, thank you so much thus far. And before I forget it, weather permitting, we're going to baptize Brother Philip and Sister Melissa right down here Sunday after church. If anybody wants to come to a good Holy Ghost baptism, if you ain't never been baptized in the name of Jesus, I'll baptize you. And if you have been baptized, I'll rebaptize you. So sometimes it just does you good to make a re renewal and a commitment. But it's not what, about a mile down here to the baptism hall? So it's, it's right down here on the right when you go back that way. We, we have right at the end of the bridge. I mean, they got a nice place down there. We, we come through a couple of Sunday mornings. Man, there's 20, 30 cars down there, and they're on the... Riverbanks down there preaching and baptizing. I said, man, I, I, I need to stop and go in there and see what's going on. Hallelujah. So spread the word. Bring you some clothes. If you want to get baptized, I'll baptize you. Amen. We'll believe God to do the work. Do you love the Lord? Please honor the Lord in your giving and do your very best. I love you and pray for my strength because I got... Was this Thursday? I got Friday. I got three more services. So I believe the Lord gave me the strength. But there was a lot of energy went out in this service tonight. But a lot of word went out too. Amen. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just clap our hands and thank the Lord.
for ministering to us tonight and bringing that word. You know, we part of you know we want uh, the word uh, speaks of a people that will be strong and do exploits. And I know that the Lord has spoken. It says He's going to make a difference between those that serve Him and those that serve Him not. And there's coming a time, and this is it. That we all hear about a separation and a division and different things, but really what's going to make it the real standout is the nature of Christ and then also the demonstration of Christ. There could be a little dabble of a demonstration, but that real demonstration of power that Christ had and that manifestation of love that He had, that is going to make the separation. But it takes knowing the truth to get it. That's the thing is we've walked in all the measure of truth. Brother Kenny, do you remember several years ago you came to our church? I do not remember exactly what you ministered, but it struck such a chord in me. And I told you, I said, God had just dealt with me about healing, that I did not understand healing. And I told you, and I, this is what God told me at that time. And I had forgot, and I, and I mentioned it to Brother Kenny uh, based on the message he preached. I was tr- reaching to God for a healing, and uh, this is what God told me. The Lord said, because I was doing all I knew. I was quoting every scripture in the book, and I was, in the name of Jesus, I was doing it all. But it wasn't happening. It wasn't, ha- if you're not healed, you're not healed. I'm just saying, when you're still sick, you're still sick. Until God heals you. And so I was reaching out. And the Lord told me, he says, I will teach you the truth about healing. And I said, well, I already know the truth about healing. I was raised. That's how I, my mother, that was a foundation. That's how I was raised. But I quote them scriptures. <laughs> you know, we did it. And this is what he said to me. He says, my mother walked in all the knowledge that she had. This was not, he wasn't dissing or slamming anybody. He said, that was all the knowledge she had. And he honored it and he, she taught it to me. Even my husband taught me all that he knew. And he's not dissing or slamming, but he, that's all the knowledge he had. And I walked in that. And he said, if I would let go of all that I had been taught about healing, he would bring me into the truth. And I, I really struggled with that. That was a pillar of my religion, if you want to call it. I mean, I, that was a big part of my religion. It was, I believe in the stripes of Jesus. Okay. And he said, but he brought it to my attention. It was hit or miss. Sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. He said, do you want it 100%? I said, yes, sir, because you are that way. And I had to let go of a lot of things, and it still has not manifested yet. But I see it coming since what's happened to Brother John back in December. And all this time that we've been set aside, you don't know how hard it's been for us. We've been set aside, you know, waiting and God's working. But I see he's bringing forth the revelation of this word. Yes, we've, he and I have talked about it and different things. But God has now broken, let the dam loose. The word is going forth in the spirit, in the power of the kingdom. He's bringing us where it won't be hit or miss because we're going to walk in the full knowledge of the kingdom of heaven. And it will be made manifest in us. 100% so that when you do quote that scripture that you will really understand it, the, what the stripes of Jesus was. We'll really understand that. 
It's close, Brother Kenny. That's why I brought that up because I remember probably didn't make a lot of sense that night when I was talking to you. But, you know, oh, you were talking about we had done so much in ourselves. And we have because we've tried to be good Christians. And we've tried. We've tried. And God has honored it. But there's a place of 100% fulfillment that we're coming to that's not us any longer, but it's Him in us. And we walked in that knowledge and it was all right, but he's bringing us. He has to tear it down. Sometimes he's got to tear things down. And it's okay because he's going to build it in him. Hallelujah. Not trying to re-preach. I'm not. But I'm just beginning to see the fullness of this thing coming, Brother Kenny. It's coming. That conversation I had that night with you. That thing God revealed to me in that basement that night. I had to let it go. You don't know how hard that was. Yeah, you do. We've all got religion. I bet there's things that your mama taught you, Aunt Pat, that, you know, you're having to let it go, and it's hard. It was hard. My mama was, my mama was, you know, like, we were like that. We still are, but, I mean, I, you know, she taught me everything that I knew in God, and it gave me a foundation, But because I trust God, I I had to let go and it was no disrespect to her. And she's good with it. (laughs) She wants the truth too, but these things, they're dear to our hearts. But we got to let them go if we're going to go on into the truth. I want the truth. I want the truth. That's what makes us free. Hallelujah. It's coming and I'm so excited. It's coming. I feel, I'm telling you, it's here. It's just we're in it. This thing is happening. Amen. Praise God. I'm not going to, I'm sorry. We're just going to go ahead and ask that you stand and honor the Lord in your um, tithing offering. If you have something for the church, put it in the church bucket. If you have something to help pastor with, you can put it here. You can make all your checks to uh, World Revivals if you want to write a check. And we have a mission, our mission jar. I've already, I've been making our deposits in our mission account, so we're, Filling it back up. We're making progress. We're about to catch Fort Payne. I know. We're about to catch them. That's what I'm getting ready to tell Fort Payne. Y'all better kick it up because we're fixing to catch you. Getting close. Oh, they're my baby too, you know. They're my baby. Ella J's my, they're my baby. You know, we may not be there, but they're my, that's part of us. That's part of us. So if y'all would stand and uh, just come honor the Lord with, with what you would have. Uh, tonight, however you feel led, and we appreciate all the support, all the the meals. I'm going to have possum tonight. I'm very excited. (laughs) Aunt Pat's fixed us. She fixed us some tender possum, and I, (laughs) this old city girl going to eat good tonight. (laughs) Looking for, uh, I hope I'll let y'all know if I like it. I hear it slides down easy is what I've heard. (laughs) So, (laughs) but no, ma'am, I'm not serious. Aunt Pat was teasing me. She was teasing me. Yes, no, she fixed a lovely chicken casserole, chicken and broccoli casserole, but and some green beans, yes. And she's, I'll tell you, y'all have blessed us with the meals and the, I can't, y'all just, the love that we feel, I can't tell y'all what it means to us to have people just want to look out, take care of you. It's a humbling thing, and it's 
feels really nice, I have to say. <laughs> I've been on the other side quite a bit. It very, feels very good. to. It's, it's touching and it's humbling, and we're very grateful. And enjoy food as well. It's been delicious, and um, we're just very thankful. We're very thankful, and I'm thankful always. I always say, you know, Aunt Pat has was gracious to let us come here and use this building. She's very gracious to do that, and we're we're thankful. Again, I don't know what all's gonna God's gonna do here, but He has uh, He's spoken. So I look forward to come to pass. I look forward to come to pass. Do you believe it? I'm not moved by what's here tonight. I uh, No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> we done plugged down many a road, haven't we? We plugged down many a road. Uh, you can't be moved by what you see. You go do what God says. And you stay faithful. And He is faithful. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's bless the offering and be dismissed. Hallelujah, Father, I thank you for all those that were able to give tonight. God, you let us be good stewards and have wisdom. God, with the finances you provide, you order our steps, God, and you... I ask God for a supernatural just saturation tonight. Let this word, God, just sink down into our spirits tonight. God, let that very thing, that, that combining of the spirit of God, let it just unite with our spirits. Let us just begin to absorb this thing and let it assimilate into our lives and our bodies, God. Let us produce Christ. Let us produce Christ. God, you go with us and keep us safe, God. And we ask it in that beautiful, beautiful, holy name of Jesus. Amen. Before we dismiss, are there any questions? Did you, did you want questions tonight? Write them down. If you got, hey, you get studying and questions come up, jot them down. And, we'll, and Brother John answer them. I do it all the time. I wait for the right time to ask. Yes, I do. And I wait for the right time to ask. I feel him out. I say, is this a good time? No. Okay, tell me when. You just let me know when you got a minute because it'll probably take about 20. But if we don't ask, we don't know. Come on. So write them down and he will not deny you answering you the question. Uh, he, he won't do that. So God bless. Y'all be safe. We'll see y'all soon.